Welcome to Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans. And here's your host, Conrad Cushman. You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. This is Brian Mazik, the hardest working man in sports and gaming, and you are listening to my man Conrad Cushman and Everything Pro Wrestling. Welcome to episode 54 of the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Conrad Cushman, and we are here today to talk a variety of topics. We are going to be talking the WWE Superstar Shakeup that happened on Monday and Tuesday. We're going to be covering some pro wrestling news in here, and we're going to be talking about the WWE's morale for their wrestlers. It seems like it's at the lowest point ever in company history right now, and we're just going to have some discussions about all that. With that being said, do me a favor, guys. In the description box below, I do have links to all of my Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook pages, everything in there. Make sure you check that out. Like and subscribe to what I have down there. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You guys will be getting some of the best weekly wrestling content by subscribing. And also, don't forget to check out my friends and myself on Brain Buster Radio. I have left a Twitter handle in the description for this podcast. Um, A bunch of great people. We have a podcast seven days a week for you. Um, Today you got two from Queen and JPQ. Make sure you go out and listen to those guys. But let's get into this episode today. Now, the first thing I want to talk about here is Sasha Banks. This has been like four years in the making, I feel like, with Sasha Banks getting called up to the main roster, and it it feels like since that day, she's kind of been in this weird, like, movement of her career. Um, She's had highs, she's had lows, but something has to give at this point with Sasha Banks. So this all goes back to WrestleMania. At WrestleMania... Her and Bailey, the first WWE, I'm doing finger quotes there because they're not really the first women's tag team champions in WWE, but they had a tournament. They are the new first, I guess we'll say, WWE women's tag team champions. They wanted to make those belts mean something special. Rumor has it that they were the ones who went up to Vince McMahon, excuse me, and asked Vince McMahon, I almost called him Mr. McMahon, was the problem there. And he doesn't deserve that right now. Vince McMahon told them that they will put the belts out there and we're going to get working on it. Bailey and Sasha wanted to hold them. They were excited about that. And it kind of held them over for them not doing anything for weeks and weeks. Um, It all just goes back to what were Sasha and Bailey doing before this? You know what I mean? And I'll I'll go back to that, I guess. But they end up winning the belts at Elimination Chamber, hold on to the titles for 49 days. They have one successful title defense where they retained by DQ on television. And that's it. They lose the belts at WrestleMania to the Iconics. And then we started seeing all these crazy reports. And... It started that Sasha and Bailey are upset. 
They didn't want to drop the belts. We see pictures of them with the Iconics. Then we hear the stories of they were lying down in protest at their hotel or in the locker room, wherever this crazy story came from, and they didn't want to drop the belts. Okay. Um, I don't know how, how much I believe that. That sounds like you're crying like a spoiled child in a store, but we move past that. They lost the belts. Cool. The Iconics have it. Whatever. The next night on the Raw after Mania, the Iconics lose to the team of Naomi and Bailey. What was the point of taking the belts off of them if you were just going to put them on the Iconics and then have them lose? Like as soon as the Superstar Shakeup started. I don't get it, dude. I'm I'm just at a loss for words. I'm very upset at how all of this is played out for both Sasha and Bailey. Let's travel back in time again. In my opinion, my opinion once again, I think the greatest women's match in WWE took place in Brooklyn with Sasha Banks and Bailey. I think that was the best match in company history. Um, I was actually invested in that one. It was really good, and I never thought that I would pop for a belly-to-belly suplex in whatever year that match happened. That's crazy. Um, You got invested in it. Really good match. Led to an Iron Woman match. A classic feud in NXT, in my opinion. They get called up to the main roster. Sasha Banks competes at WrestleMania 32 in a triple threat match with Charlotte and Becky Lynch to crown the first ever Raw Women's Champion. Or I think at the time it was they brought back the WWE Women's title. Um, The belt looked really good, I thought. And it was very cool to see them have a belt similar to the men's. And she got to compete in that match. And Snoop Dogg came out, did her entrance. Very cool stuff, right? Sasha didn't get the win. Not a big deal, though. Charlotte got the win. I was fine with any of those three winning the belt at that point. Cool. Charlotte goes on to do her own thing. She becomes one of the company's favorites. Becky Lynch gets over organically. And Sasha and Bailey are on Monday Night Raw doing God knows what. Sasha at one point was dancing with Rich Swan. Um, she won the women's title several times and lost it every single time she first defended it on Monday Night Raw. Come on, man. That's just, I don't know. It's just pitiful to even think about. Sasha Banks is personally probably my favorite performer out of the four horsewomen. Uh, I think she's really good. She takes some crazy chances that I wish she didn't sometimes. But there is a lot there. I love the character. I really feel she does her best work as a heel. And that's just my opinion on that. Um, Dude. Oh, it makes me so angry thinking about this. So, whatever. Sasha Banks has not been on television since WrestleMania. Uh, Supposedly, she had a a kind of heated argument, a blow-up, whatever you want to call it, backstage with, I don't know if it was Vince or someone who's in charge. But Sasha Banks has been gone, and we've been seeing, like, cryptic tweets Rumors of her unfollowing Vince McMahon and WWE and then following AEW, Kenny Omega, and whoever else is over there. 
and I think it was Cody Rhodes was the other person. I'm not sure. But Sasha Banks seems like she wants out. And I saw a lot of people in the Everything Pro Wrestling group saying, well, Sasha's acting like a baby. She's being a spoiled child. I hear you. I hear you. But I think that at some point, there's only so much one person could take. When you've been creatively held down, I'll say, I don't know if Sasha Banks has any say as far as what goes on in these matches. Why on earth were they given those tag team titles to lose them to the Iconics once again? Why? I'm not saying that the Iconics don't deserve the belts. That's fine if you're going to do it. Put Do it in a big moment. We all thought Sasha and Bayley were going to get a decent run with these titles, try to make them feel important. You give them to the Iconics, cool, no problem. What I'm disappointed in is the fact that they keep going with the storyline, Sasha Banks can't defend belts. Sasha Banks never wins the big one. And maybe it's disciplinary, like they said, that Sasha mentions Vince McMahon's name in interviews, and he doesn't like that. We saw a writer got fired for mentioning Vince McMahon's name in a Hall of Fame speech he supposedly wrote. And Bret Hart's the one who said it. I don't understand what goes on in this man's mind sometimes. Vince McMahon is absolutely nuts, in my opinion. I don't know how people can work for him. Hence, Road Dogg stepping down as the head writer on SmackDown Live. Rumor has it that Road Dogg stepped down and he would be put into a different role. I don't know if that was a Vince move or if Road Dogg decided it, but this this guy is crazy, man. Oh, boy. I'm just, I'm just going to say this. I'm on Sasha Banks' side when it comes to all of this. She has been in a bad position, I feel, since she came up to the main roster. She has never been given anything meaningful to do unless she's in the title picture with Charlotte. Like I said, we go back to Rich Swan dancing. Her and Bailey looked like they were going to feud. They teased it for a while. And then what did they wind up doing? A Dr. Shelby skit. And then it puts them back together. They get put back together to win the tag belts. And then rumor has it now, Vince McMahon told them right before they lost the belts that they were going to separate. So then why the hell did you have them win the belts? There's no there's no forward thinking with this company. It goes back to what CM Punk said about the company, about Kofi Kingston. Be ahead of what is the trend. Don't be behind it and try to catch up. And that's how I feel WWE is today. It is ran like it's by someone in their 70s. I'm sorry to say it. Uh, Vince McMahon, you, you've done so many great things, but I don't know if if it's in there anymore for you. Maybe you need some competition to wake you up, but you have a lot of talented people getting ready to go other places. I'm not going to harp on the Sasha thing too much more, but let me just finish off with this. Sasha Banks is someone who I don't believe is motivated by money. And I'm starting to see more and more of this. And I think her husband even put out like a little tweet where he snapshot what he wrote and um, put it out there for people to read. It's not always about the money. And I think Sasha Banks doesn't care about that at this point. I don't know if she wants creativity more in her matches or her character, but Sasha Banks is feeling some type of way. 
And Vince McMahon and them gave her time off, I guess, to cool down and figure out what they're going to do. I guess it's on a wait-and-see approach right now with if Sasha Banks is coming back or is she going somewhere else or is she going to stay away from wrestling? We don't know at this point. But um, I will be one of the first ones to say I'll be very sad if Sasha Banks isn't wrestling for WWE again. With that being said, let's get into some other people who are unhappy with the company. Luke Harper. Luke Harper put out a nicely written uh, statement as well on Twitter about wanting to leave the WWE. Um, If I can find what he wrote here, I don't know if we have the full uh, Twitter thing. Here we go. Luke Harper says, and I quote, as of this evening, I have requested a release from WWE. The past six years have been a simply amazing journey around the world uh, and back with lifelong friends and family. I am proud to say I shared the ring with my coworkers. The decision, as difficult as it was, feels right for myself and WWE. My goal in the future is to continue to grow as a performer and a person and continue to make my family proud. Thank you. From the from the top to the bottom of WWE, thank you to the fans for your undying support. Thank you, everyone. Man, if that isn't some of the saddest stuff you've ever had to read. Um, yeah, man, it's just hard to even read that because I think Luke Harper is a very talented performer. The dude is too good uh, sometimes, I think, to be tagging up with Eric Rowan, but... The Wyatt family was never treated right either. You know, they broke them up, put them back together, broke them up again, made the Bludgeon Brothers. That was cheesy. Rowan gets hurt. Harper gets surgery. And now we've got nothing for you guys to do. Come on, man. There's no growth within this company. And I think that's the problem with it. And I know everybody wants to say with Sasha and Harper, you know, the AEW effect stuff. Perhaps, but here's the beauty of all this, guys. And, you know, I'll, let me save it first. Let me let me read one more. We have Sanity up next. Before we get to the Superstar Shake-Up stuff, Sanity has been broken up. Uh, Eric Young's on a different brand, and Killian Dane looks like he's on a different brand. We don't know what the hell they're doing with Nikki Cross. And then we have Alexander Wolfe. And Alexander Wolf also put out a statement um, just talking about the accomplishments of Sanity. I'm not going to read the whole thing again. Um, but Alexander Wolf puts rest in peace to Sanity goodbye, uh, WWE. So I don't know if that was a goodbye from Sanity, whatever. I know some people assume that he was leaving WWE. Some people think he might be going to NXT. We don't know for sure what's going on with Alexander Wolf. Uh, I've heard several different things, so I can't speak on it. But Sanity seems very upset. And were they given a fair shake? Can anybody out there in the wrestling world say, you know what, they were given a chance on the main roster? Were they given a chance? Hell no. They weren't given shit. They didn't let them do anything that could propel their career, that could even show what they do. For God's sakes, they had Killian Dane covering himself up. That is not what was presented in NXT. 
And this is another issue that I have. This goes for Sasha Banks, Luke Harper, Sanity, anybody else who's ever had a problem. There is a disconnect between WWE and NXT. Look no further than this Monday on Raw. The first match we have, the War Raiders come out. The War Raiders got their names changed to the Viking Experience. And then, if that doesn't make it bad enough, Hanson and Roe lost their names to Ivar and Eric. What the hell's an Ivar? It's clear to me that somebody Googled Viking names, Ivar's name popped up, and they said, let's run with that. Good enough. The Viking experience sounds like an amusement park ride. It sounds like you're going to a stadium. It's flipping crazy that someone thought this was a good idea. I still absolutely hate it. I don't care what Road Dog and Mick Foley says. I said it on my Superstar Shakeup YouTube review if you guys want to check it out. I don't agree with some of the excuses they were making for it. Would Mankind have been a terrible name? Sure, it probably would have been. We all would have preferred Cactus Jack in the beginning. But you know what? Cool. Whatever. Mick Foley is a tremendous performer. But my problem is this. And some people said, oh, you can't say war in 2019 on the main roster. I don't want to hear that, dude. So then NXT should be in trouble for using language like that because you know it's going to get brought up to the main roster, right? Or is Vince not watching the product? Is Vince not watching who he's calling up next? This company, man, it's mind-boggling, some of the stuff that I see here. <sighs> so frustrated with all of this. It's just it's just garbage, dude, that they even had this name. But let me say this. Everybody is also acting big and bad because wrestling's hot right now in a way. There are a lot of places to work. You want to be the man? You can call up Impact Wrestling today, and I'm pretty sure that they'll take you. Impact Wrestling is looking for talent who can help carry their brand and bring them back up to the, so they can get a better television deal. That's what they need right now. Ring of Honor? Look no further than Enzo and Cass being at that G1 Supercard show. Ring of Honor is looking for star power, people who are going to put eyeballs on their television screens, their pay-per-views. Ring of Honor, I feel, has been outshined by New Japan recently, and Ring of Honor is going to have to figure out how can we get stars. If I'm Ring of Honor, I'm watching out for a Luke Harper. I don't know if Sasha would go there, but Luke Harper? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's someone you want, and he's in the main event picture. I think they are in desperate need of main eventers and some booking changes. Hell, even an Alexander Wolf from Sanity. I mean, you could do something with these guys. Just terrible, man. New Japan. New Japan's another place where people can go. We got AEW. We have so many different places where people can just go and hone their craft. And it's a beautiful thing to have options in wrestling. Options is the number one thing that a big corporation like WWE begins to fear now at this point because they've been doing things so long. And I feel WWE has been uh, resting for quite some time since WCW closed up. And it slowly started to erode their hunger. And now it's starting to come back to bite them because you keep going to your old tricks. 
those old tricks aren't working anymore and they're getting older and older every year, what are you going to do? WWE's morale is in the shitter. I can't lie. I've worked at toxic places like that where the morale is so bad that you have to have meetings about the meeting for morale. We're not going to say this. We're not going to do that. It's bad, dude. It's bad. Sasha Banks wants out. Luke Harper wants out. It feels like Sanity wants out. Ty Dillinger asked for his release. Dean Ambrose wants to be out. So what do we do, guys? What can WWE do to fix this issue of morale being bad? I don't know if there's an easy answer for this because guess what? It takes trust and it takes time. And sometimes it takes an overhaul in leadership. Sorry to say it. If Vince doesn't want to change, it may not ever get better until he's gone. Vince McMahon has a mindset. No one's going to tell Vince McMahon how to run his company. You know why? Because he did everything on his own, and that's how he made the money. I'm just being realistic about it. You're not going to tell some old guy who has a bunch of money how to change up and run his business. Brian Mazik said it best. This goes for NFL owners, NBA owners. Same thing for Vince McMahon. He's not going to change up his ways because his formula has been proven to work. But as far as the performers go, I want people to have mercy on people like Sasha Banks, Luke Harper, Sanity, Ty Dillinger, Dean Ambrose, because these guys seem creatively stifled. They don't know what to do. Dean Ambrose seemed frustrated about the match with Brock Lesnar because Brock didn't want to do anything. Dean Ambrose seemed upset about his WWE title run, which I thought was going well until he was on the Stone Cold podcast. And Stone Cold believes that it's still the Attitude Era when he asked him some of those questions. It's not like that anymore. It's not like that. You can't just go up to Vince and say, let's have a meeting about this. This company has gotten too big. It's starting to remind me of WCW a little bit. Um, Not to the point of where there's no boss and we don't know who to ask about stuff, but to the point of, dude, there's too much going on, too much confusion, and I'm not getting my time. So people like Dean Ambrose and these guys, basically, if you're not part of Vince McMahon's crew or AKA the Breakfast Club, you're forgotten about. If you're not Roman, Orton, Triple H, if you're not one of his top dogs, Charlotte, Vince McMahon doesn't care about you. And it's evident from storylines being written. And if you call that Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins stuff storyline, sorry for you, bro. It's not true. Look at guys like The Revival. It seems like they want to get fired, people think, by taking pictures of fans with AEW shirts on. Uh, It just seems like The Revival don't give a damn because they want to leave too. And it's sad because you watch these guys at NXT and you can see exactly what they can do. And I'm just disappointed that some of the stuff that works on NXT, Vince, just take that stuff and do it on the main roster. It's not hard. Morale is a big issue in this company. And they're going to have to figure out what's the best way to beat it. 
And they're going to have to figure out how to make their performers believe in them as a company that they care about them and that they care about their creativity. They care about how they feel in the ring, about the storylines that they're doing. They need these guys to be invested in what they're doing. And everybody just seems like they're not. And there's a disconnect there. I don't know what else to say about this. Um, it's a sad state of affairs that the company's in. But we're going to take a quick little break here. And I'm going to talk about everything college basketball here in one second. But we'll take a quick little break and then we'll be back to talk about this AEW uh, charity event that they have going on, which seems really cool. Be right back, guys. Hey everybody, Big Paul's on a pup, JPQ from No Particular Angle, and you're listening to Everything Pro Wrestling on Brain Buster Radio. Are you sad that college basketball is over? Well, fear not, my friends, because I have a podcast for you. You guys need to check out Everything College Basketball. It is basically the sister podcast of everything pro wrestling, and you guys can get all the latest and greatest in college hoops. The show is hosted by Josh, Tyler, and Peyton. These guys do a tremendous job covering the latest news, recruits, and more in college basketball. So make sure you give them a subscribe and tell them everything pro wrestling sent you. Now that we're back, guys, let's get into this fight for the fallen news. That is going on with AEW. Now, Fight for the Fallen is going to be a charity event that's taking place on July 13th. Uh, This is for people who were victims of gun violence, I believe. And they have ticket pre-sales beginning on this for tomorrow at 9 a.m. So make sure you guys check it out. Uh, You're going to have to do your research for the promo code for that beforehand. I don't believe I have it offhand, but I know it was in one of their Being the Elite videos if you guys want to check that out for the uh, promo code. Their latest one where they're doing the uh, stand-up comedy and they reveal the code. Um, Let's get into this, though, guys. So it's going to be taking place on July 13th, 2019. All of the uh, money goes to victims of gun violence. So I think that's very cool for them to do something like this. Um, It's also going to be going along with the hype for AEW's Double or Nothing that's taking place in Las Vegas on May 25th, my wedding anniversary. So, yeah, they've booked some matches for this already, and it's looking pretty cool. Um, Let's see here. So we have Kenny Omega. He will be taking on SEMA. If you guys have never seen SEMA before, you're in for a treat. I haven't seen him wrestle in a while, but um, this should be a really fun match to see. Uh, Kenny Omega is one of the best in the world right now. Guarantee you he's on most people's top five wrestlers list. And Sema is a tremendous wrestler. And if he's half as good as he used to be, you can expect something incredible from this. Uh, so that's going to be a really fun match. Also on the card announced was Allie versus Brandy Rhodes. They've been teasing some tension on their YouTube videos. So very cool to see that happen. Um, good to see Allie, uh, someone who I've met locally here before in the Buffalo area. Very cool. I know her husband actually wrestles locally. Just saw him wrestle not too long ago, Pepper Parks. 
Um, very good to see this stuff happening for these guys. Very cool. Um, oh, I guess I might as well mention this as well, too. We have uh, AEW two weeks before Fight for the Fallen takes place. AEW is going to be in Daytona Beach for Fighter Fest, and that's F-Y-T-E-R-F-E-S-T. Uh, this is for the luxurious gaming and wrestling event. They have three matches announced for that so far. We're going to have Cody versus Darby Allen. Um, we're going to have Michael Nakazawa versus Alex Jabaley. And we're going to have the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus Pac and the Lucha Bros. Boy, I tell you, that one is going to be a barn burners, to quote uh, Jim Ross. Um, so, very dope. And I think I put an S on barn burner. Uh, it's supposed to just be barn burner, singular. I apologize. Um, good stuff here, though. Really cannot wait to see what they produce for this event. Um it looks good. AEW is doing positive things, so just make sure you guys are checking them out, seeing what they have going on. Uh, with that said, let's get into the Superstar Shakeup here. Superstar Shakeup happened this week. It looked like the ratings went down for these shows. A lot of people were not feeling Monday Night Raw, and SmackDown looked like it was kind of a 50-50 split amongst the usual watchers on my Twitter timeline for who liked the show. Um, I thought Raw felt a lot smoother in uh, how the show flowed, but maybe that was just because we were waiting for names to be announced as part of the shakeup. Perhaps. I'll, I'll roll with that. Um, not everything was exciting, though. Some of it was kind of eh, but let's get into it a little bit here, guys. Let's talk about first who went to Monday Night Raw. So the following people went to Raw. We have AJ Styles, The Miz, Ricochet, and Aleister Black are officially confirmed for Raw. Eric and Ivar, that's Hanson and Roe. I'm not calling them that stupid-ass Viking experience stuff right now. It's the War Raiders. Uh, we have Andrade and Zelina Vega, Rey Mysterio, Jimmy and Jay Uso, who seemed the most hype when they came out to be on Raw. And I think it was just because they were, felt like they were back on the big brand. Uh, Naomi will be joining her husband on the Raw brand. EC3, pray for that man, please. Uh, Lacey Evans, someone who it seems like the company is putting a lot of their stock into. Eric Young, we found out via a graphic that he's on Monday Night Raw. No appearance, though. And we also find out in a cool hype video package that Cedric Alexander will be on the brand. Then when we got to SmackDown, less people, but the show is shorter, two hours. So superstars moved to SmackDown. We had Finn Balor, the Intercontinental Champion. Lars Sullivan is going to be on SmackDown. Even though he was on Raw, there was a whole bunch of confusion as to how they did this. This superstar shakeup stuff sucks, by the way. They need to just do a draft or trade talent or figure out something. Ugh. Anyway, uh, Lars Sullivan's on SmackDown. Ember Moon, good to see her back. Uh, I think she'll do better on SmackDown. She'll have a place to shine. We, we also have Bailey, who I mentioned earlier was going to be split from Sasha. Well, this is the split. Bailey is on SmackDown. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville were, I guess, officially on SmackDown. I don't know. They were already there, in my opinion. Uh, Kyrie Sane has been added to the SmackDown brand. She's teaming with Asuka now as part of that tag team that Paige was going to bring out. We also had a very cool video package for Buddy Murphy. Uh, Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander were two guys from 205 Live that I campaigned for to be brought up to the main roster. 
I don't care if it's in a tag role or a mid-card role. These guys were exceeding standards in 205 Live, and I think they deserve this spot. Um, Vince McMahon, who he announces his big acquisition, Elias. Uh, who wants to walk with Elias? So he was out there. And Roman Reigns is actually who he was talking about when he gushed over the biggest acquisition in history. They tried to cover it up by saying it was Elias, but we all know he was talking about Roman. And Roman came out there, Superman punched Vince McMahon. Um, Elias caught him instead of getting his revenge on Roman after he beat him up. And then Roman beat up Elias again. So Roman Reigns, the big dog, is on SmackDown, and that's his yard now. And all of these moves must be to correlate with SmackDown going to Fox in the fall. So a little bit after SummerSlam, I'm sure you're going to start hearing all of this Fox news and how ratings need to be up. Uh, it's a big deal for WWE, and they can't really afford to screw it up. But here's the weird thing. After the show went off of the air, we had some more people like get moved around and shook up a little bit here. So Nobody on the Raw brand, really, but it was more so SmackDown got a few more names added to them. Uh, so we got Liv Morgan, who's going to SmackDown Live, Chad Gable, Apollo Crews, Mickie James, Otis, and Tucker. All of these guys will be on the SmackDown Live brand. So hopefully it leads to some things that will be beneficial for some of these people. It's going to be very tough um, to restart for some of these guys. You could clearly see that Liv Morgan was upset leaving the Riot Squad. And I've said it a million times. I'm going to say it one more time again. The Riot Squad was definitely somebody that, or a group, I should say, that I didn't think was going to do anything for me. I said, nah, there's no way that they that they become successful. It's a thrown together group. I will say this, the Riot Squad exceeded my expectations. And maybe Absolution would have too if they got to stick around as a group. We don't know. But the Riot Squad became an act that just worked. Everything just fit with that crew. Um, be very interesting to see. And I want to read something that I put up on Twitter earlier, a couple hours ago at this point. Uh, it says, it's wrestling. It's the wrestling com- – oh, I put hashtag wrestling community. I already found a typo. It's supposed to be It's Wrestling Wednesday. I must have clicked the wrong box. Um, after the Superstar shakeup, we saw Apollo Crews and Chad Gable get drafted back to SmackDown Live. What do you think is the best option for them? 85% said singles competition for each of them. 15% said they should form a tag team. Nobody said anything otherwise. Uh, I would love to see that and – I don't know. I'm happy for both guys. I think they're both really talented and they just haven't been given that break that they need just yet. Tough. It's tough for them. With all that being said, though, guys, I'm getting ready to wrap up this show here. Let's talk about five matches on each brand that I'd like to see. Some of these matches have probably been done before, either in other companies or at some other time, but these are matches I think people could be hyped for that we haven't really seen play out too many times, and I think that it will be something great to see with a different dynamic on it. So I did five for Raw, five for SmackDown. I found the Raw side to be easier to do this for, but maybe that's because I have more people to uh, put in matches. 
number one on Monday Night Raw, and you're going to hear some names repeat too because I think they're that good. Number one, Seth Rollins versus Andrade. Um, I think that they have the potential to have a really good match. That match on Monday with Andrade and Finn Balor, yo, best match of WWE so far this week. I haven't watched NXT yet, but best match so far as of this recording. Really good stuff. Um, I put down my second match for Raw, Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles. Um, I think Drew McIntyre is going to be a vicious heel and perhaps the number one heel in the company by SummerSlam. Drew McIntyre is just someone who is cold, calculating, and he has this intensity about him since he came back to WWE that I absolutely love. Um, So Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, really good. Number three for the Raw side, I put the Usos versus the War Raiders. Not calling them that stupid name. I can't. I can't. Not happening. The Usos versus the War Raiders will be a really good match if you give it proper build. You have to make the people care about this match. I think these guys could have a slugfest. I'd love to see them in some type of street fight match, um, similar to what you did with New Day. Put these guys in several different kinds of matches as tag teams. I think this will be a knockdown, drag them out brawl. Uh, really good stuff for both teams, and I can't wait to see the interaction between them. I love to see the speed, quickness, and double team moves of the Usos and the pure athleticism that the War Raiders have. Number four, fantasy type of dream match here. This would probably be a one-off or a main event that you could just put on when you need to do some ratings, but Alistair Black and Ricochet versus the team of AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. Dude, could you imagine that being announced as the main event one night on Monday Night Raw? You have to come back to that, I think. Um, I think it could be a really fun match. You give them lots of time, let these guys go at it, and then figure out how you want the story to proceed from there. Um, I really don't like Alistair and Ricochet as a team, but if we're going to use them as a team, let's get the most out of it. Let's put them against some of these main event guys who you could actually do something with. And last but not least, number five for the Raw brand, AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins. Got to see it happen, man. I think by SummerSlam, we have to see something between these two. Um, I would love to see it be for the Universal title, big stakes on the line, and who knows who would walk away with that one. We're not giving predictions for it, but really, really fun match to see. And I would love to see AJ on top of his game and Seth on top of his, and I think we could get a classic match. Let's look at SmackDown Live. SmackDown Live's roster just didn't seem to have as much oomph, but I think I found ways to make things interesting on there without ruining things. So you're going to have to work with me on some of these perhaps, but hear me out. My number one for SmackDown Live, Chad Gable versus Apollo Crews. Two guys who I think haven't been really given a chance on Raw, hell, probably given a chance, period, in the company since they've been called up from NXT. But I think they are two of the most underestimated talents in that locker room who are not appreciated for the skills that they have, especially Chad Gable and especially Apollo Crews. Could they be a tag team? I'd be cool with that. I like those guys. But Chad Gable versus Apollo Crews, imagine giving them like 15 minutes on a SmackDown. These guys could do damage. 
Um, I think you would see one of those classic WCW television title style matches. And if you don't know about that, go on the network and watch one of them. Uh, watch one of those ones from like Saturday night's main event with like Arn Anderson, Ricky Steamboat. That's what I think you would get from these two. Next, number two, I put Finn Balor versus Buddy Murphy. Um, I feel Buddy Murphy going to SmackDown could be his ascension, no pun intended, to get to the Intercontinental Championship. I think Finn Balor is going to be the new AJ Styles of this brand. Finn Balor cannot get hurt. If Finn Balor goes down, you've got nothing. You are in big, big trouble with what you have on this brand right now. You've got a couple guys who could come and help out, but Finn Balor is going to be carrying a lot of the load for these matches that we're going to see on a weekly basis. Just my opinion. Number three. I put the current WWE champion, Kofi Kingston, versus Roman Reigns. It's inevitable, guys. I already saw people putting soon-to-be in Kofi's future when Roman speared him before. I think you could do a really cool storyline from this, though, talking about how the Shield dominated the New Day at Survivor Series, and Kofi says that it's a different day because I'm the champ now. And Kofi, you let Kofi talk that smack a little bit to Roman. You let him get at him. And I think we could be in for a hell of a feud there. Uh, So that's something I'd like to see happen. Next, I had to get a women's match on here. So I had to really wrap my head hard. And we could easily go with Asuka and Becky Lynch. But I put down, I would like to see Ember Moon versus Becky Lynch. Uh, Ember Moon has not been given her fair shake on Monday Night Raw. She was kind of always in that buffer match to the big women's match and i think it's ember moon's time on smackdown you could let her go in there with becky lynch and i think these two could have some pretty good chemistry let these guys work out a couple matches here and see what happens and last but not least the number one match that i'd like to see daniel bryan versus finn balor for the smackdown brand um i have never seen these two fight each other if somebody knows of something please send me a message and tell me on Twitter, at EPW Show, because I've never seen these two fight before, and I think it would just be a really good match of athleticism and good submission wrestling. Daniel Bryan and Finn Balor have a lot to offer to the WWE locker room, and I think these two would just do phenomenal work, and SmackDown's the perfect place to have these guys do it. Guys, with all that said... We could probably get ready to wrap up episode 54 of the podcast this week. Uh, Big thank yous to everyone in the Everything Pro Wrestling community. You guys are the best. Um, I can't thank you guys enough for showing up to all of the YouTube videos, listening to the podcast. Uh, It's tremendous. I love hearing your thoughts and opinions. Even if you disagree with me, I get it. We're not going to agree on everything. I'm sure somebody's still thinking Sasha's a crybaby or those matches that I just picked were terrible. It doesn't matter, guys. I want to still hear your opinions because this is a show by the fans, for the fans, and I really mean that. Uh, I love hearing your opinions on different things. And hopefully you guys like hearing mine. But we're going to get ready to get out of here. No funny exit this week like we had Jim Cornette last week. But... um. A big thank you to the Everything Pro Wrestling community, and I've got nothing else to say, but thank you, and we'll see you next week. And don't forget to subscribe to Brain Buster Radio on Saturday to hear me. Peace.
What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast right here on Brain Buster Radio, where you can also find me, the Queen of NE, on Queen's Court every Wednesday. All right, so you guys stuck around. First, let me just say, I lied. I am going to tell you what I'm doing on Brain Buster Radio this Saturday, give you a quick little preview. This week's show is going to be on 420, and there's only one man that it can be all about. Rob Van Dam. Now let's play that outro music, and I'll see you guys on Saturday. Peace. <laughs>